Alhamdulillahi wa kafa Wassalamu ala ibadihi alladhina astafa Amma ba'd Fa'audhu billahi minash shaytanir rajim Bismillahirrahmanirrahim Walladhina jahadu fina Lanahdiyannahum subulana Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun Wassalamun ala al-mursaleen Walhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ali Sayyidina Muhammad wa barik wa sallim Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ali Sayyidina Muhammad wa barik wa sallim Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ali Sayyidina Muhammad wa barik wa sallim I've mentioned many times in the past that uh, one way to think about our deen is that it helps us to see the picture instead of the pixel. Uh, All of you are aware of the fact that if you take a picture and you magnify it with your fingers, you can get very caught up in a tiny detail And when you get caught up in that tiny detail, the bigger picture gets blurred. The same is true of life. We as human beings, we have a tendency to get caught up in little pixels. And when we get caught up in little pixels, we fail to see the bigger picture. For example, somebody says something to you that you feel was insulting. Now, if you feel that's insulting and you want to react, there's a couple of ways to react. One way is to look at the insult and become upset and immediately respond to this person in a way Uh, that expresses your anger and displeasure. And another way is to see the bigger picture, which is, sure, there's a person that came and perhaps insulted you in a way that uh, was not to your liking, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one that hears all, sees all, knows all. And the bigger picture is you should ask the question, is it appropriate to respond? Who is the person who said this? What is the appropriate response? Take the time to think. If possible, make an excuse if possible, overlook the circumstance. There's so many other dimensions that are involved, but those dimensions don't come into play unless a person sees the bigger picture. There's multiple, multiple examples of this principle, and we're going to share one more of those today. We walk around on the earth, and often... judge ourselves based on very, very stringent conditions. And these conditions are usually established by the society in which we exist. So for example, I look at uh, the people around me and see that uh, they have a certain amount of wealth And so I begin to judge myself based on wealth. 
I look at the people around me and I see that they have certain possessions, I begin to judge myself based on those possessions. I look at the people around me and if I hang around with people who are into bench pressing, I see how much they can press and then I judge myself based on how much I'm able to press. This is a habit that all of us get into. We judge ourselves based on very, very, very focal, focused things, often which are exceedingly superficial. But what's the bigger picture? Sure, the world might judge itself based on its bank account, its investments, its possessions, its athletic ability, the external beauty of something. But what's the bigger picture? The bigger picture is that none of those things really matter. Because we come with zero and we're going to leave with zero. Doesn't matter how much material goods we amass. Doesn't matter how much I'm able to press. Doesn't matter if the world thinks I look so beautiful. All those things are going to eventually come to pass. Everyone is headed towards their grave. So these are little, little perspectives. I have a perspective on wealth. I have a perspective on material goods. I have a perspective on beauty. I have a perspective on strength. But what's the bigger picture? The bigger picture is that we all will stand before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the only thing that's going to matter is our deeds. For example, look, I'll just give you a simple example. The Prophet them he mentioned uh, that the strong one is not the one who can wrestle another person down, but rather the one who can control their anger. Now, our perspective is that strength is how much I, can I beat on you and how much can you beat on me. But the deen teaches us that there's a bigger picture. But the bigger picture is that strength lies in the ability to control one's anger, just as an example. Now, the reason that I gave the discussion, the reason that I mentioned the points that I mentioned previously is because we're going to talk about a circumstance that actually in our deen that reminds us of to, to see the bigger picture. And that is that the Prophet, Prophet he mentioned a statement that we're encouraged to make three times every morning and three times every evening. Again, the Prophet ﷺ mentioned a statement, recommended that we make a statement three times every morning and three times every evening. This statement is super simple, but it's associated with great rewards. Reward number one. The Prophet ﷺ said, the person who makes this statement three times every morning and three times every evening, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make it, take it upon himself to please them on the day of judgment. A person who makes this statement three times every morning and three times every evening, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will take it upon himself to please them on the day of judgment. Benefit number two. A person who makes this statement, Jannah becomes wajib for them. Here it's just blanket. There's no conditions how many times when. A person who makes this statement, 
Jannah becomes wajib for them. Benefit number three, which, mind you, is a little bit weaker than the other two narrations, but it's still the scholars, they mention it, so I'll share it with you. The Prophet will take the individual who makes such a statement by their hand on the Day of Judgment to Jannah. The Prophet will take an individual who makes this statement by their hand on the Day of Judgment to Jannah. What is this statement? It consists of three points. And honestly, to receive the benefits of this statement, you don't even need to say them in Arabic, you can simply say them in English. And they're very easy. It's easy to remember it in Arabic, it's even easier to remember it in English. Number one, Raditu Billah Rabba. How do we translate that? I am pleased with Allah as my Lord. Number one, I am pleased with Allah as my Lord. Number two, Wabil Islam Dina. And I am pleased with Islam as my religion. Wabi Muhammad Nabiya. This is statement number three. And I am pleased with the Prophet Muhammad as my Messenger. SubhanAllah. That's the whole statement. Whole dua. Three times in the morning and three times in the evening, if a person recites this, they can expect three benefits. Benefit number one, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will please them on the day of judgment. Benefit number two, Jannah becomes wajib for them. Benefit number three, the Prophet ﷺ will take such an individual by their hand and deliver them to Jannah. Now, let's look at this statement for a second. How is such a simple statement, three basic phrases, which literally take 10 seconds to recite, how is such a simple statement so powerful? First point to appreciate is that this statement essentially is receive, is providing a reward that is expressed within the statement itself. Look, when a person says, I am happy with my Lord, I'm happy with Allah as my Lord, I'm happy with Islam as my deen, and I'm happy with the Prophet as my messenger, they essentially are expressing how content they are with all these three things from the bottom of their heart. Meaning, how are we supposed to make this dua? Essentially, what is this dua? This dua is saying, and I'm just paraphrasing my own words here, Oh Allah, I'm so, so, so happy with you as my Lord. And oh Allah, I'm so, so, so happy with Islam as my deen. 
And I'm so, so, so happy with the Prophet Muhammad as my messenger. Now, imagine if a person says this from the bottom of their heart, that they are so happy with Allah, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala simply wants to reciprocate that and make them happy on the Day of Judgment. And remember, reward number one was that Allah will take it upon Himself to make them happy on the Day of Judgment. Allah will take it upon Himself to content them on the Day of Judgment. If they are contented with Allah and the, the deen of Islam and the Prophet is a messenger, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will take it upon Himself to make them happy on the Day of Judgment. Similarly, Jannah becomes wajib for such a person. Why? Because this is another, this is the ultimate way by Allah subhanahu wa by which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes a person happy to put them into Jannah. And the third is that the Prophet will take this person by their hand and lead them to Jannah because they were happy with him as a messenger, so he will make he, he will make him them happy, delivering him to the goal of his delivering them to the goal of their message, his message, which is to deliver them to Jannah, the person who recites this. So this is an opportunity for each of us, but look at the greater picture that's being painted, the perspective that's being placed, uh, being established in this particular du'a. Look, out of everything in the world, the only thing that matters is to connect with Allah. It's the only opportunity. Now look, you wake up every morning, and you, in your mind, create a list of hierarchies based on opportunity okay i might be interested in uh, becoming an engineer it's an opportunity so i'm going to go to school i'm going to study i might have a job which pays me an x amount i decide that it's an opportunity so i'm going to go and put so much energy and time into my job and i'm going to receive x amount I have an opportunity to go spend time with my friend. It brings me joy. I see that as an opportunity, so I go and invest some time in it. In return, I get some joy. I develop a connection with my friend. Life is just a series of opportunities. That's why they say when you, don't, when you take one opportunity and don't take the other, what do they call it? They call it the opportunity cost, right? For example, there's two opportunities. I have the opportunity to do A. I have the opportunity to, be, to do B. I choose A. Then what do they call B, the one that I didn't choose? They say, well, that was your opportunity cost. Okay. For example, if you choose to become a lawyer, the opportunity cost is that you didn't become an engineer. You chose to not become an engineer by becoming a lawyer. So there's an opportunity cost. It cost you something to make that decision. So the Muslim sees the world in its true, in its true light. Which is what? Which is that the only opportunity is to connect with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why? Because everything else is irrelevant in the face of that opportunity. Now, when we say in the face of that opportunity, what we're trying to establish is, look, I could go and I could get the greatest job or I could... Um, connect with, um, you know, I could make the most friends, or I could go and uh, earn the greatest, uh, you know, the highest degree and make the most money. I could have all of those things, but if I'm not able to connect with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then what was the benefit? I will be left empty. But if I can actually connect with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then everything else is inconsequential in the greater scheme of things. 
So the number one opportunity that we have, the essence of our existence, the thing that, that makes life worth living, is the opportunity to connect with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this statement, in essence, is reminding, of that, reminding us of that. Meaning every morning we wake up, the first thing that we say, early in the morning, one of the things that we say, one of the initial things that we say, is I am so pleased with Allah as my Lord. Meaning I'm happy. Look, out of everything, this is what makes me happy. This is what I'm contented with. And what is Islam? Islam really is the name of the road that leads you to this Allah. Islam tells you, here are the things you need to do to please Allah. Here are the things that you need to do to avoid displeasing Allah. Here are the opportunities that you have to gain proximity to Allah. We call that whole package Islam. It's a straight path that delivers you to Allah, which eventually will de deliver you to Jannah. So now, not only I'm happy with Allah as my Lord, but I'm happy with Islam as my deen. Now think about that for a second. Out of the billion opportunities that exist in the world, I've appreciated that there's this one opportunity that is actually more worthy, superior to any other opportunity, and that is to approach and achieve a connection with Allah. And I recognize that the mechanism to achieve that connection is the straight path provided by Islam. Now, those two things are enormous right there. Number one, the world is confused. You look around, it appears to be that I got a thousand opportunities, a thousand things to choose from, but there are no thousand things to choose from. There's only la ilaha illallah. There's only one thing, which is to pursue the pleasure of Allah. Now, of course, we live life. We have to interact with relatives and friends. We have to get jobs. We have to earn livings. We have to become educated. But it's all done in the context of the pleasure of Allah. So that is my opportunity. That is a huge blessing. Blessing number two. I'm not confused about how to get there. Look, life is made up of a thousand roads. But 999 of those lead to a dead end. All these, op all these roads that are present out there, they all lead to dead ends. You could walk down this road of success and eventually you hit a dead end. But you would never know it if you didn't have a snap. Now we know that there's one straight path. This one straight path guides us to our destination and we can be focused and be confident that if we take this path, we're going to reach that destination. That is a huge blessing. Blessing number three. I have a guide that can take me along this path and deliver me to the throne of Allah. Can deliver me to the pleasure of Allah. Can deliver me to the Jannah of Allah. And that guide is the Prophet Now, by the way, that's also a very big deal because look, around, look at the world around you. As you look at the world around you, what you begin to appreciate is that everybody's calling to something Everybody is acting as a lowercase messenger, lowercase m messenger. They call themselves messengers, or actually they don't even call themselves messengers, but they act like they're messengers. Everybody tells you they know what to do. Everybody claims that they're going to give you the best piece of advice. Everybody wants to guide you along the path that they think is great. The world is full of, full of podcasters and YouTubers and bloggers. To stand up on a podcast, and to tell me what to do means you think you know what's best for me, and you know me, and you also yourself know what's the best 
a path to take anyone on. Right? Anybody who speaks is essentially trying to deliver that message. But subhanAllah, why do these people speak? I mean, be honest with ourselves. Why are they speaking? They have a couple goals. Goal number one is to become as popular as they can be. To gain as many followers. They're interested in gaining followers. Goal number two, they're interested in selling you or me something. Maybe not directly, but they connect with these advertisers who basically try to sell you and me something, and in the process, they're able to deliver a message. They're not waking up in the middle of the night crying for you, or you and me. They don't, they don't worry about you and me. Their sole purpose is not to take me and you by the hand and deliver us to Jannah and save us from the fire. No, they've got their own motivators. They've got their own intentions. They may not say it, but that's exactly what it is. But look at the one guide, the one guide that's actually out there who cried for me and you, who desired to, that every single one of humanity, not just me and you, every single one of humanity succeed and get to Jannah. That's the Prophet And he's our messenger. And we're not confused. Like we've got this status, you know, reserved table. We've got this like reserved space for the Prophet We never raise anybody to that station. We're not confused. Now, sure, maybe I might take a little message from my professor, they want to teach me physics. Maybe I might take a little message from my doctor, they want to advise me on my health. Maybe I might take a little message from uh, the mechanic who tells me to uh, you know, change my oil so often. There's no problem with that. But it's very clear in my interaction with them that who they are and who my messenger is. We're not confused about that. That is a huge blessing. Honestly, I'll tell you, there's only three gems. You know, this, this ring that we wear on our finger, it holds three diamonds. We have three diamonds. Diamond number one, the cognizance of Allah as our Lord. Diamond number two, this path of Islam as a mechanism to achieve his contentment and earn his reward and avoid his displeasure. And diamond number three, the, the Prophet as our guide and messenger. Now, let me ask you a simple question. If you have a trillion dollars, you have a trillion dollars, okay, nobody can compute that amount, you have a trillion dollars. And somebody happens to take $10 from you, or you, somebody, $10 is removed. Are you going to worry about the 10, or are you going to look at the trillion and say, doesn't matter? Okay, let me ask you something. If you lose a penny, if you lose a penny, do you ever search the whole house until you find it? Why? Because you have so many pennies that the one that you lost in the car or dropped on the street or can't find underneath your cushion does not have any consequence. Okay, now let's take that example and just replace it. If you have Allah as your Lord, Islam as your deen, and the Prophet as your messenger, then everything else is a penny. What's going to bother you in life? Oh, my this one said this, and my aunt said that, and my spouse treats me like this. And yes, I agree. 
if you focus on the penny, you're going to be all flustered. But if you just look at your finger for a second and look at the ring, the spiritual ring that each person is wearing, nothing else matters. So can you imagine for a minute, if you really wake up in the morning, you grab your heart. I just mean like a spiritual grabbing, okay? And you just think in your heart, you just say, I am so happy with Allah as my Lord. And I am so happy with Islam as my deen. And I am so, so happy with the Prophet as my messenger. Then what else is left if that's the way you begin your morning? It's like waking up in the morning and looking at your bank account and, and you have everything in the world. Like, it's like, you, no one can bother you after that. There's nothing in the world that is of consequence after that if you know that you have these three things. And the beauty of appreciating these three things, number one, they reset the perspective. Wait a minute, these people are talking cars, these people are talking houses, these people are talking uh, bank accounts, these people are talking, but these are all pennies. These people are focused on the pennies. I actually have the gems. I've got three diamonds, which shine without shine anything in existence. And that's the reality of the blessings that Allah has bestowed upon me. So these are, this is the, the gift that Allah has given me. He's given me the cognizance of him as my Lord. The beauty of Islam is my way. And the beauty of the, Muhammad, the Prophet Muhammad as my guide and messenger. Then, then what more do I need? So this is not just some statement that you just, you know, you just count it three times on your fingers. This is something that you deep in your heart recognize the reality of our circumstance. We wake up in the morning and it's, we're like rolling and laughing in our beds. Wow, I am so happy. I have Allah as my Lord. I have Islam as my way. I have Muhammad as my messenger. And we say it from the bottom of our hearts. Raditu billah rabba wabil islam dina wabi muhammad nabiya and we should say this three times in the morning and we should say this three times in the evening when we say it three times in the morning and three times in the evening what was the first benefit that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will content us on the day of judgment what does that mean? See, the thing is that we have no way to understand what that means. Look, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created food. But this food is a placeholder. You'll be given something called food in Jannah. But it's the food that you experience here is to just concept, allow you to conceptualize. It's just holding the space, it's holding the place of what real food is. On the Day of Judgment, the rewards in Jannah, once a person reaches Jannah, no eyes have ever seen, no mouth has ever tasted, no ears have ever heard, and even no mind can ever fathom. What you call food today, this is a placeholder for real food in Jannah. What you call a house today, this is made of mud. This is a placeholder for what is going to be a house in Jannah. What you call companionship today, is a placeholder for what will be companionship in Jannah. So can you only begin to imagine, when you say, I am pleased with Allah as my Lord, 
how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will please that person, as is mentioned in the hadith, that Allah will take it upon himself to please them. We can't even begin to fathom what that means. We can just know that there's something called food. There's something called house. There's something called company, companionship. But none of that is, can, we can even begin to fully understand. These are just little, little placeholders that are, that are, that are holding a, a much, much greater reward. So we should appreciate that benefit number one. Benefit number two, Jannah becomes wajib for that person. And of course, what does it mean when Jannah becomes wajib? It means that the place of being pleased becomes wajib on that person. Meaning today I am pleased with Allah as my Lord. I'm pleased with Islam as my deen. I'm pleased with the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, as my messenger. And in exchange, I will receive Jannah, which will be a place where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will subsequently please me. And the third, by simply stating this, as I mentioned, a little bit weaker, but still established by the scholars, the Prophet ﷺ will take that person by their hand and place, lead them to Jannah. Can you just imagine? If we're pleased with the Prophet ﷺ as our messenger, and pleased with the message that he delivered, and pleased with recognizing the, the, the Lord which he wanted us to appreciate, his hope will be that he can then subsequently guide us, just like he guided us in this world, that he can subsequently guide us to the door of Jannah. So this is a great opportunity for all of us. But what does it do? It really resets our perspective. We fail to see things properly. We think that uh, just, you know, the bank account matters, the possessions matter, how much I can press matters, how many degrees I have matter. And I'm not saying they don't matter, but I'm saying they have their reality, they have their limited reality, which we should appreciate in the context of the bigger picture. And what's the bigger picture? The bigger picture is that I've been given three diamonds. And these three diamonds, they outshine anything else, which is all made of dust. Everything else is made of dust. These three diamonds are the cognizance of Allah is my Lord, the path of Islam to please him. And the fact that the Prophet ﷺ is my messenger guiding me along this path. Three times in the morning and three times in the evening, every one of us should make this dua. And like I said, make it in English, make it in any language. If you can memorize it in Arabic, it's very simple. Raditu billah. By the way, raditu you all know. Radiyallahu an. Right? Everybody says it's radiyallahu an. It's just the same verb. Radi tu. Tu means I. Past tense. I am so happy. I am so content. I am so pleased. Radi tu. Billah. With Allah. Rabba. As a Lord. Yani as my Lord. Wa bil Islam. And with Islam. Dina. As a deen. Wa bi Muhammad. And with the message. With Muhammad. Nabiya as a messenger. Yani my messenger, sallallahu Last point. These, this dua is essentially a mechanism from one angle, is a mechanism by which we prepare for the ultimate exam. Look, if you have a test in physics tomorrow, 
then you're going to review all the points in physics. You're going to go back and forth and say it back and forth and try to memorize as many points as possible so that you can regurgitate those points on the exam and apply those points to some sort of question that the professor might design on the exam. There will come a day where you're going to be asked one of the most difficult, when you're going to face one of the most difficult exams, ironically, which has the simplest of questions. What will that be? The questions of the grave. What will the questions of the grave be? Number one, who is your Lord? Number two, what was your dean? Number three, who is your messenger? Does it ring a bell? Raditu billah, rabba. Wabil Islam, dina. Wabi Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi It's almost as if we were given the answers to those questions and we're told to review the answers three times in the morning, review the answers three times in the evening. Once you've reviewed the answers that many times across your life, the hope is that inshallah you'll be able to quickly answer those questions. As soon as you answer those questions, the grave will expand and we'll begin to taste all of the fruits of our labor. So we, but by the way, the scholars say, that this has to come from the heart. Imam al-Nawawi, he writes a little bit of a commentary here, and he mentions that when we say, Raditu billahi it means that we're absolutely content with whatever Allah decrees. We're not here to tell Allah how our lives should be, we're happy with the way he has decreed them to be. We're not here to look at the rest of the world and wish we were them, we're here to be content with what Allah has written for us. Now, Sure, there are always things that we hope for. There are things that we make du'a for. But we're content after we make our effort with whatever he's written for us. The only thing we wish for is that he bring us closer to him. Those are the things we wish for. Look, if I'm going to cry, I'm not going to cry I didn't get this job. I'm not going to cry that I wanted that house and how come those people outbid me. I'm not going to cry because I applied to this college and I didn't get in. Those things are passing. Those are not the things that should drive our emotions. They should, yes, we should work hard. We should aim high. But when something doesn't go our way, we should be absolutely content with whatever Allah decrees. This is one of the realities of this du'a. Now, there's multiple realities. We could have a whole separate lecture on it. But my point here is that that contentment of the heart has to be from the heart. That contentment of the heart has to be from the heart. Ya Allah, I am so happy. I'm so pleased. I'm so content with you as my Lord, meaning I'm so happy that you gave me the cognizance of you as my Lord, and I'm so happy with whatever you have decreed as my Lord. And then the list goes on, but we don't have time to, to talk about that today. So again, in summary, three statements, three simple, simple statements that should be recited every morning and every evening. Number one, I am so, so, so pleased with Allah as my Lord. And with Islam as a deen. And with Muhammad and with the Prophet as my messenger.
May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us amongst those who are able to see the reality of the blessings that we have been given and to be so grateful for them that from the bottom of the, our hearts, we can be continuously thankful that he has given us these three great diamonds. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us amongst those who are able to preserve these diamonds, who are able to sh- make these diamonds shine, who are able to appreciate their sparkle, and who are able to trade these diamonds in their grave uh, with the correct answers to the questions, and who are able to exchange these diamonds for real contentment in Jannah. Wa akhirat awana, and alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.